Cambridge Breakfast with Julian Clover. Across our university city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. Tesco has become the fourth supermarket giant to start rationing tomatoes. Customers will also face limits on purchases of peppers and cucumbers after Asda, Morrison's and Aldi all took similar steps. But will our independent suppliers face the same issues? Neil Baradwa is from the Cambridge Fruit Company. It's on the line now. Uh, morning to you, Neil. Good morning, Julian. How do you do today? Uh, very well, thank you very much. Hope you're good yourself as well. I guess the big question here is, do you have tomatoes? <laughs> Funnily enough, I do actually have some tomatoes this morning. We, we managed to source some yesterday. Um, now, in the independent world, getting tomatoes isn't actually that difficult. It is, it is challenging, but it's not that difficult. But the, 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 the issue is now the price we have to pay. Um, I was wondering about that. And what, what's the, I guess the pressure is that there's fewer tomatoes in the market, and that simply puts the price up. That's right. It's just a simple case of supply and demand. Um, as has been well documented now in the last week or two, um, the weather in Spain has just been terrible. Um, you, you may have seen some news footage of, of drones flying over southern Spain and it's covered in snow. Um, and this is the reason. So we import so much of our, our food at this time of year because we simply can't grow it here ourselves. Um, and the food that we can grow um, is often grown in uh, glass houses this time of year. And, it, and, and British farmers just cannot afford to heat those glass houses too. Um, so it's, all, it's, it's just a big melting pot of, 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 of disaster this year. It, it's, I, I, uh, I it's, wonder, it's not I'm, that great. <laughs> I've been musing on this, and I, I kind of almost relate it to strawberries. Hang in there. Um, insofar <laughs> as we can now get strawberries near enough 12 months of the year. Didn't used to be the case, but actually what seems to happen is that you still only get the nicer strawberries in sort of like, you know, May, June, July time uh, when you get the English supplies um, coming up. Well, some in Cambridgeshire, some from Norfolk, some up from Kent and I guess other places as well. And is it simply that we've gotten used to getting everything when we want it as opposed to what it used to be and, surprise, fruit and veg is seasonal? Well, this is the thing. Anyone who's known me or anybody who's known me for the last 15 years who's seen me bleat on about this, um, the, the world has become such a smaller place. Uh, and, you know, mo- most of the time it's for the better. Um, but if you go into the supermarket any time of the year, you'll, you'll probably see most items all year round, which means um, there, there's a young generation of kids coming through who are used to this, and they, they won't appreciate exactly what you've just told me about strawberries. Um, because we're seeing it all the time, and they may or may not appreciate that the best strawberries, of course, do come, you know, from, from the UK, from Britain, in um, you know, May, June, July, as you quite rightly said. But, you know, at Christmas time, we, we're seeing strawberries come from Egypt and Israel and Morocco, and they taste all right, and they do look pretty, but, yeah, they're, they're definitely not as good as the English strawberries that you'll, you'll see this, uh, in the summer. The other uh, fruit and veg we've had mentioned, peppers and cucumbers, are, are they coming in from Spain as well, or? Are they from other directions? <laughs> the way I describe it to people is stuff that hangs, hangs off, off trees or off plants. So as you said, cucumbers, peppers, courgettes, tomatoes, they all, if, you, if you can imagine them when they're growing, they, they hang. And they need lots of water. Um, and that, all of that stuff at this time of year will come from Spain, Morocco, maybe southern Italy. Um, and we, we just can't grow it here. So this, this is essentially the, the problem, Julian. Mm. Did we see it coming? Uh, obviously, you know, weather forecasts. You know, people these days uh, that you can look like a fortnight ahead with actually very, very good accuracy and longer-term trends you can see over a couple of months. Did you 
get any indication at all from any of your suppliers that you know there might be issues down the road well um i've been i've been tweeting about this since the beginning of february when cauliflower first started uh, commanding about four pounds because we've forgotten about that the was... cauliflower shortages and yeah. price rises now <laughs> goodness yeah that was, that was only earlier this month um they were they were commanding four pounds each thankfully they're they're back down again now um well here's here's the problem julian um in, in 17 years trading, the first 13, 14 years or so, this would have been an occasional blip that would have, might, have, might have lasted a week um, and it would have come around every two or three years. So I don't know if you remember, there was a courgette crisis a few years ago. And then there was an iceberg crisis, iceberg lettuce crisis, where we were importing those from the USA. This is about probably nine or ten years ago as well. Now, the problem, I'm, I'm, the, the, the pattern I'm seeing, Julian, is it's now happening every year since the pandemic. It's happening. I'm, I'm doing these kind of radio interviews almost this time every year talking about it. Um, it unfortunately, it's climate change. Um, I don't think those Spanish farmers saw this coming. Otherwise, they wouldn't have put, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of, of tomatoes and stuff in fields, which should have been naturally warmed by their sunshine. Um, so th- this is climate change, and I think there's going to be more, more of it to come. This is just my personal opinion, but there's a pattern here. We, we are speaking to a professor after 9 o'clock uh, from, from Cranfield who is uh, hopefully going to um, un- unravel uh, some of this uh, for us, so that might be, be interesting. Just one interesting thing, if, if people can, obviously people are going to struggle a little bit to get uh, supplies, it sounds like, over the next couple of weeks. How do we... And there was a story in the Metro, I don't know if you've seen it, of a, uh, a woman who apparently was stopped from trying to buy 100 cucumbers <laughs> in one <laughs> yes, go. I saw that. Had she been yeah. allowed to do so, what's the best way to store store the fruit and veg? Do we put it in the fridge? Do we have a dry cupboard somewhere? What's, what would be the best plan? In the fridge, under seven degrees, between, between about four and seven degrees, that's probably your best. That's the best way to store it. Keep it longest. Um, take it out of the plastic. If it is in the plastic wrap, which it shouldn't be, um, yeah, in, in the fridge, um, just make sure it's fresh. Make sure your cucumbers have a nice dark skin. Um, just make sure your, your, your peppers are nice and firm. That, that's how I'd suggest you do that, Julian. OK, that sounds a good plan. Look, Neil, thank you very much for, for chatting to us uh, this morning. Uh, what, are you are heading out today to, uh, to do some deliveries, or what's, what's the plan? What's my plan? No, I've got, <laughs> I've got an admin day today, Julian. Oh, dear. It, it, we're coming towards the end of the month now, so it's very boring ad- admin for me today. Oh, dear. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing exciting. Oh, well, never mind. Uh, Neil, thank you very much uh, for, for joining us. That's uh, Neil Baradwa, who's from the uh, Cambridge Fruit Company. And as I mentioned there, we're going to have a continuing the conversation on this after nine o'clock with David Rose, who is the Professor of Sustainable Agricultural Systems at Cranfield University. So we'll be chatting to him about uh, those plans and what local farmers are doing here in Cambridgeshire to try and um, mitigate what Neil was uh, talking to us about there. Cambridge Breakfast with Julian Clover. Cambridge 105 Radio supermarkets insist that they are adept at dealing with supply chain issues as they deal with fruit and veg shortages. Tesco, Asda, Morrison's and Aldi are all rationing tomatoes, peppers and cucumber. It's because there's been bad weather in Spain and North Africa, while British farmers delayed planting because of soaring energy costs. David Rose is Professor of Sustainable Agricultural Systems at Cranfield University. He also happens to be taking part in the Cambridge Festival later this month, and he joins us now. Good morning to you, David. 
Good morning, Julian. Um, Professor, there must have been bad weather in Spain before. and I know I've been there and it's bordered rain. Um, so what's changing to our supply chains to make this a problem? Uh, you're right, there has been bad weather before and bad weather often affects the food being produced and can cause shortages. I think on this occasion, we've got a little bit of a perfect storm of a, a number of factors that have made, has made the bad weather in Southern Europe and North Africa much worse. So the big thing, as you've mentioned there, is that the cost of production affecting British farmers. So we are out of season for many of those items you've listed, peppers, cucumbers, tomatoes. We rely on imports from overseas. British producers, though, do produce small quantities of tomatoes, etc., in glass houses. Um, so we do have some home supply, but farmers with the cost of living and the cost of energy haven't been able to grow as much because the retailers haven't been able to pay them or have, haven't wanted to pay them the real cost of production because retailers are concerned about passing on the cost to consumers who themselves are struggling with the cost of living. So farmers can't afford to produce some of the tomatoes and other crops at this time. So that combined with the bad weather elsewhere has created this perfect storm. And I think we have other factors at play too, like Brexit, which is, is causing some disruption, extra admin, extra paperwork that perhaps affects the UK differently to some other parts so of Europe. So that's, that's compounding, you know, problems which you've outlined very well there. And the, you, you add in, if you like, the, the Brexit layer, for, for want of a better description, and, and, that, and that impacts things further. So are, are we saying here that presumably there's other... Other nearby countries, perhaps uh, the Netherlands or Belgium, who might also be bringing in some uh, fruit and veg from Spain and North Africa. But, of course, they don't necessarily have those Brexit issues. Yeah, I, I think it's not just Brexit. So there are shortages that have been reported in Ireland, for example. I think there's probably the two factors of prey that the Brexit probably has an influence when supply chains are stressed. Uh, a, a producer is likely to try and go to the market with the least barriers and with the extra admin and extra paperwork, the UK is probably suffering a little bit. Also, as compared to the continent, we know that the UK has seen rising energy bills at a much higher rate than the rest of Europe. So growers in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, Germany don't have as high energy costs as British growers at the moment. So that compounds the problem again. So they can switch on the heating and the greenhouses and not worry quite so much about how much it's going to cost them, whereas a British farmer or grower might be thinking to themselves, well, maybe I should leave it a couple more weeks because the sunshine will do half the work for me. Uh, absolutely. And I, I do think retailers do also need to look at themselves. I appreciate the narrative that they don't want to pass on a higher price to the consumer because they are struggling, but they can't expect not to pay farmers and growers properly for the food they produce. If they were paying higher prices to producers, they would be better able to switch those lights on and switch the heating on and, and grow more produce. It's interesting because we're here on a, a semi-regular basis over the past few years about the price of milk, about the pressures that some supermarkets are putting on on dairy farmers. And I, I guess this is a variation on, on that issue. Uh, absolutely. And some of your, your listeners might have noticed uh, for the last few weeks a shortage of eggs in the supermarket as well. And again, there's lots of factors at play. There was your bird flu lots of other factors 
But that also comes down to a cost of production issue. Many poultry farmers were saying, just as dairy farmers say, if if retailers aren't going to pay us properly for the food we're producing because they're suffering rising costs, then we can't produce it. We we can't take on more hens. We can't turn the, the lights on or the heating on in the glass houses for tomatoes. So retailers, I, I accept that there is a cost of living crisis and they don't want to put the prices up in the shops because prices have gone up. But I think they also need to look at their own profit margins and think, can we squeeze a little bit out of them and pay producers a bit more? Or uh, government policymakers are going to have to step in, and this is what the National Farmers Union called for yesterday, and provide better support for businesses to deal with rising costs. I was joking earlier this morning that the government needs to get the COBRA committee together, but, but actually you do kind of feel that it does need some kind of government task force or maybe there is one which is looking at our food security which is a seems to be a new word which has uh, emerged into the dictionary and something demonstrated by the issues with the tomatoes and the cucumbers right now which is uh, of great importance if we're going to be eating a reasonable diet no no i agree and and, and it's just a personal opinion but the national farmers union conference yesterday the Secretary of State seemed rather lax and rather casual in how she was addressing these issues. She put things down to market failure and and almost acted as if there was nothing the government could do to help. Well, there is. Um, And you're right, it is an urgent issue. So there's no one we need more than a farmer. We need a farmer or a grower three times a day to eat. And if there are short-term and also long-term pressures, as there are, Uh, We will have pressures in the summer again when we have lack of seasonal labour to pick fruit and veg and other crops. Uh, This is a really important issue that needs an intervention. The government last year or year before asked Henry Dimbleby to produce a national food strategy. There were some terrific ideas for how to enhance food security in the UK to help our producers grow more, to, to solve supply chain issues, etc. Much of that hasn't been taken forward and we really do need both a short and a long-term vision for improving our food security. Is um, science sort of our, our friend here, perhaps, in terms of looking ahead and the... I don't know if, it, if it's predicting what's going to be happening in terms of climate or maybe... On, on the on the farm itself with you know improvements of of technologies i think about uh at a gap of about 10 years between changing cars and the the, the dashboard it looks completely different and one might imagine that within of the farming sector there are similar leaps that um at least are available to them yes so so science and technology can be our friend there are various things that are emerging that could help us produce more food at less environmental damage. So there there could be robotics in the horticulture sector, which could solve some of the labour shortage challenges that we're facing, although all of those solutions aren't necessarily ready to go straight away. Uh, Gene editing technologies may well uh, improve yields and and make crops more pest resistant. There's lots of other technologies as well, artificial intelligence, drones, other data capture technologies that can help farmers be more productive. But we've also got to remember what I said at the start, that food security is not just an issue of how much food is being produced. Technology can help us produce more food. That might, to some extent, help with costs of production. But lack of food security is also an issue of of social inequality. If people in this country can't afford 
the food that is being produced. That's not the farmer's fault and technology can't solve poverty. That requires social interventions from government to reduce inequality. So yes, technology is important. Science can help in a number of ways, but we can't also forget the social and the behavioural change that's needed and that requires political intervention. Mm-hmm. And I think in addition to your work at uh, Cranfield, you also grew up cl- fairly close to farmland, so you haven't actually come to this completely blind either. No, I can't say I, I'm, I'm not a farmer. I've never been a farmer. I have many farming friends, and I, I, don't, I, I don't understand all of the challenges the farmers are facing. They are the experts. I'm not. But I did grow up on farmland. I, I, I watched the, the land being worked every day, interested in how farmers make decisions and the pressures they face. And studying this for a number of years and speaking to farmers and growers in this country, the the burden being placed on them from a number of, of, of directions, climate change and weather and policy change, uh, diseases, they are under a huge amount of stress personally, but their businesses are also under a huge amount of stress. And we really need to help them uh, with the cost of production, but also society, I think, needs to value farmers and growers in this country more as well and try and give them the support that they need to put food on our table every day. And I think you'll be talking about this later, I'd better say later in the month, actually next month, at, uh, towards the end of March, as, as part of the, uh, the Cambridge Festival in a, in a talk on improving our food security. Uh, yes, so it's on the evening of Monday, uh, 27th of March. I think he starts at half past seven. So uh, some of your listeners will know you can you can search Cambridge Festival online and there's a number of talks on a range of subjects in the next weeks. But there will be a number of experts talking about food security that night, what we can do to improve our food security, which partially means growing more food. But it, ultimately, we want to get to the position where we can be offering a healthy, balanced diet to everybody in the UK to give them the ability to eat healthily um, and and buy at affordable prices. But that requires interventions, not just at at the consumer end and and in society, but also help for producers. So we'll be trying to come up with some solutions and invite comments from the audience and hopefully lots of brilliant ideas from the audience to think, well, how do we move forward and how do we improve our food security? So things like this the fruit and veg fat rationing are less likely to happen. Mm. <coughs> yeah, very, very interesting uh, discussion, I think, to be... I uh, had a number of uh, ones at the Cambridge Festival uh, for, for that matter as well. Uh, Professor, thank you very much for coming on this morning, particularly as I think we arranged this at sort of about sort of half past eight yesterday evening. So um, uh, very, very much um, appreciated, and, and thank you for your time on Cambridge 105 Radio this morning. Thank you. Thanks very much. That's uh, David Rose, who's Professor of Sustainable Agricultural Systems at Cranfield University. As I mentioned, uh, we mentioned there, uh, how can we improve our food security? The Babbage Lecture Theatre, uh, Monday 27th March. Uh, Details on the Cambridge Festival website. Cambridge Breakfast with Julian Clover. Cambridge 105 Radio